Opioid-free anesthesia is a safer option for anesthesia administration that maximizes a patient's respiratory ability and aggressively treats their pain, all while eliminating the unwanted side effects of opioids. So today we are sitting down with Bradley Wagner. He is a certified registered nurse anesthetist with Upland Hills Health. This is the Inspire Health podcast from Upland Hills Health. I'm Caitlin White. So Bradley, such an important discussion here. To start off, tell us what is opioid sparing or opioid-free anesthesia, and why is it so important that we have this conversation? Opioid-free or opioid-sparing anesthesia is a multimodal technique that utilizes regional anesthesia and other non-opioid medications to provide good pain control during and after surgery. This method reduces the need for pain medications after surgery. It might sound like a radical concept, but really it's the end result of where anesthesia has been gravitating for about the last 20 years. The medications that we use have evolved significantly, and so has our understanding of how anesthetic and opioid medications affect the body in both positive and negative ways. Also, we have a greater understanding of how pain works and how it's transmitted through the body during surgery. And in the recent past, we've seen an opioid epidemic in this country. It's likely that someone listening to this podcast either knows someone or has been personally affected by opioid dependence or addiction. Opioid medications have a long list of side effects or adverse effects. There's a list of about 20 of them. I'll list off some of the probably the most common and the most serious. The first one and the one that we worry about a lot during or after surgery is respiratory depression. It's the number one cause of emergencies in the PACU or the post-anesthesia care unit or recovery room it's also known as. And it's, it's a serious problem for people with obstructive sleep apnea or morbid obesity or COPD. It may cause them to be reintubated after surgery if they're not breathing well. Opioid medications also cause postoperative nausea and vomiting. And that's the number one cause of unexpected hospital admissions after an outpatient surgery. So say you're having an outpatient surgery and you're expecting to go home that day, it's the number one cause of having to be admitted to a hospital instead of going home. Another adverse effect is opioid-induced hyperalgesia. And what that means is that people can, after taking opioid medications, can develop a greater sensitivity to pain. And then they continue taking opioid medications and then they develop a tolerance. And now that pain is even harder to treat and it's kind of a vicious cycle. Opioid medications also are very highly addictive. So it's the number one cause of death in people under 50 years old. And many people with addiction issues can trace their addiction back to a specific surgery or a specific hospital stay where they were prescribed opiates. There's other side effects or adverse effects like itching or pruritus, uh, constipation or ileus, urinary retention. It doesn't seem like a big one, but if someone's retaining urine, they may have to be catheterized, and that can be an avenue for infection to enter the body. 
There's also studies out there that show that opioids depress cell-mediated immunity, which means that opioids can be associated with tumor recurrence after cancer surgery. So really, there's no other class of medication that's responsible for as many complications or increased hospital stays as opioids. So it's important that we do our part to reduce the potential for all these adverse effects by utilizing multimodal techniques that can provide as good or better pain control. Now, even with all of those pros you just listed, it is like you said, it does sound like a radical idea. I mean, without opioids, how are you controlling pain before, during, and even after a procedure? That's a great question. So before a procedure, we administer medications such as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and Tylenol, which benefit the patient during and after the surgery. We also utilize regional anesthesia whenever we can, whenever it's possible or, or indicated. Now, regional anesthesia is a technique where ultrasound imaging is used to locate nerve bundles that feed a specific surgical site. After we locate those bundles with the ultrasound, we inject a, a novocaine or lidocaine-like uh, medication around those nerve bundles through a very small needle. This blocks nerve transmission from the surgical site to the spinal cord and the brain, thereby preventing the perception of pain by the patient. Now, depending on the surgical site and the local anesthetic that's used, regional anesthesia blocks can last anywhere from 12 hours to 36 hours and even longer in some cases. This is a great tool because it can potentially eliminate the need for pain medications for some surgical cases. Now, also during the surgery, we can utilize medications that act on receptors other than opioid receptors. These types of medications include dexmedetomidine, ketamine, acetaminophen, ketorolac, lidocaine, magnesium. They have a much better safety profile. And really, the only drawback to some of these medications is they make you a little bit sleepier for a little bit longer. So after the surgery is over, you may be sleepy for a couple of hours. And uh, for recovery, sometimes that's not a bad thing. Still, it's hard for us to wrap our head around just going into surgery without traditional pain medication. I mean, how effective is this? Well, like I mentioned before, yeah, it does seem like a radical concept, but we have seen a significant decrease in the amount of pain medications that our patients are requiring after surgery. And our surgeons have also reported a noticeable decrease in the amount of pain medications or pain pills that the patients are being sent home with. For example, they used to send a patient home with maybe, I don't know, 25 or 30 pain pills. And now they're sending them home with 10. And a lot of times when they come back in for their follow-up, they say that they didn't even need all of them. So I think the proof is there. The surgeons are seeing the benefit. The patients are, are reporting the benefit. So we know that it's working and we know that people are happy with the results. Now, with that being said, we always have the option of using opioid pain medication if we need it. You know, sometimes we, we don't see the desired effect of the opioid sparing technique. So then we always still have that ace in the hole of having that pain medication available. Because as a CRNA, you know, we pride ourselves in ensuring that every patient is comfortable and well taken care of in a safe manner. So we can always fall back on the, the pain medications if need be, 
but we try to avoid them and all the uh, adverse effects that go along with them. So in the end, why should anyone choose to go this route? Well, the benefits speak for themselves, really. You know, they include enhanced or faster recovery after surgery. That just means that, you know, you're going to spend less time in the hospital. Or if you're being discharged at home, you're going to spend less time laid up recovering. So you can get back to your normal life a bit sooner. The decrease in adverse effects is probably what patients enjoy most. You know, the decrease in post-operative nausea, the hyperalgesia, you know, things of that nature, which can make having surgery really miserable, are decreased significantly. Also, one thing I didn't mention before is it's very beneficial if someone who's had addiction issues in the past is now having a surgery. By providing this type of pain control without opioids, we can decrease the likelihood that a relapse might occur. And uh, prevention of opioid addiction has become a matter of great national importance. Employing effective alternative techniques with lower side effect profiles and lower addiction potential is not only beneficial to patients, but our community as a whole by decreasing the amount of highly addictive medications being dispersed out into the public. So if people want to learn more or if they're interested in going this avenue for their surgery, how do they go about getting it? That's a great question. I'm a huge proponent of patients advocating for themselves. If a patient is concerned about taking uh, pain medications like fentanyl, melodid, oxycodone, hydrocodone, or morphine um, after their surgery, they should let their anesthesia provider know their concerns. So at our hospital, we try to employ these techniques as much as possible. So there's a good chance when someone comes in for surgery that these multimodal or opiate sparing techniques are already being utilized. At our hospital, we use these techniques for a wide range of surgeries, anywhere from general surgery like appendectomy, gallbladder surgery, orthopedics, joint replacements, breast surgery, gynecological surgery. We try to employ these techniques as much as we can in an effort to reduce all those adverse effects that I mentioned earlier. Great. Well, thank you so much for all your work, Bradley, and for telling us a bit about all you do today. Find out more about your options heading into surgery at uplandhillshealth.org slash services slash surgery. This is the Inspire Health Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin White. Stay well.